Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. This is Cinebuds. I'm Eddie and I'm Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today we are talking about the United States versus Billie Holiday. Don't you know who this is? She was thinking of something more special. I'm downright flashy, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Billie Holiday. The United States versus Billie Holiday is the biopic slash period drama about the kind of long going feud and obviously the you know the legal standing of the United States and their efforts to get Billie Holiday to stop singing the song Strange Fruit because it was invoking the quote wrong ideas yes un-american to, it was un-american to the people that were listening to it and they couldn't do that by simply taking away her first amendment right to free speech and to sing whatever she wants to and so instead they went after her drug use uh billy holiday was uh, a heroin user and they used that and also planted drugs on her and they it showed all the ways in which uh the united states government legally and illegally fought to take down billy holiday and the struggles that she had not only with that but in her own life and as a person as well so it, it talked about that and it was also a biopic into into billy holiday it has received uh, for it, Andrew Day plays Billie Holiday, and for it, she has received an Oscar nomination for uh, Best Actress in a Leading Role. Yep. Christopher Pollard. Yep, that's me. What did you think about the United States versus Billie Holiday? Um, well, here's the two things I thought. I thought, uh, this is really well done. This is a beautiful movie, incredible performance. Actually, that's several things. But that was the first package of things I thought. And the yeah. second package of things I thought is... Why are you doing this? I kept saying that. Uh, I kept saying that the whole movie. I'm like, why? Leave her alone. What? What is the point? Yes. I was so. I mean, it, exactly what the movie wanted. It received from me, which is just unbelievable frustration. And why? Why would you keep doing that? Um, and I realized that she is not the only person in the U.S. government did this too. Uh, especially at this time they were on a rampage mm-hmm. but man is it just it just kept going and i was like please leave billy holiday alone yes i mean and this movie is on the heels of a bunch of movies and i think this like great historical discussion that we're having of this this um like reevaluation of history i mean we right. just watched judas and the black messiah exactly. which um, was uh, just like almost beat for beat was very similar to this yeah, we're in all these kind of like historical rewrites of these people that we had given uh, some of the highest awards that the government can give to people for yeah. doing things that we now look at and say, you know, these were under the guise of the a war on drugs of sorts. Yeah, um, and it was really very plainly uh, a war of racial suppression. Yeah. Uh, so I think I did. Uh, I, I mean, it, it does. 
it is part of this very important conversation that we are having right now. I think Andre Day was great. Yeah. I think that she really earned that nomination. For sure. We're going to talk about her a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, as, as a movie on a whole, there, there were parts that I also like, you know, didn't love about it. I, I didn't come out of it. I went, I went into it. I think a lot of my thinking of it was, this is good. This is good. This is good. Kind of like on, on paper being like, yes, I understand why this is good. Um, but not, not super feeling it all the way through. We're going to, we're going to discuss part of the reason you didn't feel it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the United States first Billie Holiday. We're going to talk more about it in the podcast. But also, before we get to that, we want to let you know that we are doing a live podcast. Nobody Our- asked for this, but we're doing <laughs> it. We wanted to do it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. We're doing a live pod. We want you we want you to come and be a part of the live pod. Uh, Christopher, when are we doing it? Live podcast on YouTube and Facebook channels, our YouTube and Facebook channels, uh, April 21st, 7 p.m. And we're going to talk about the film Shiva Baby, which is uh, available April 2nd on mkefilm.org slash sofa cinema. Shiva Baby, April 21st, 7 p.m. Did I get those details right? You got all those details right. Uh, and I believe both of the Milwaukee Film and 88.9 Facebook live pages and YouTube pages. Let's do it. I want to see you there in the chat. You're going to see our f- beautiful faces. Okay, we're going to talk more about everything in just a second. We'll be right back. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. Help Radio Milwaukee grow and we'll help you get your garden started. Donate any amount this month at RadioMilwaukee.org slash donate and you'll be entered to win a rain barrel from MMSD and a $50 Plantland gift card. Okay, and we are back, Christopher. Hi. Hello. Okay, so United States versus Billie Holiday. Billie yep. Holiday is our titular figure. I'm, uh, by the way, in that lineup, in that uh, match, I'm all Billie Holiday. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know, they're in the house on Billie Holiday right it here. It seems like a lot of people will be for the United States because there's just so many more people involved <laughs> in that. But I think Billie Holiday. That's very funny, Christopher. Thank you. Um, Billie Holiday is played by singer Andre Day. I did not know that she could be such a great actress. Yeah, she's been in a couple of films I found out afterwards. I didn't realize, uh, actually, I'll, I'll be, I'm totally making this up. I, I mean, that's that's true, but I, I had not heard of her. Uh, oh, <laughs> before, before this, I had not, yeah, I don't, you're the music person. I interviewed uh, her once. Did you really? Yeah, I, oh, that's exciting. Back, backstage at Summerfest, it was uh, it was very fun. She was very nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was unfamiliar with her, um, which is kind of nice because I go in and I'm like, I've never seen this person before. Let's see how this goes. And it was really cool to just see her fresh in this because um, she did such an incredible job. And I had to look up: is she singing or is it Billie Holiday? Because and it's all her. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that, impressive. 
that that is impressive. And I I was also I'm glad that she won the the nomination for best actress because um going in being like uh someone who has is famous as a musician is not just like I mean Rise Up yeah, Christopher you would know that song if you heard it. Oh, and, I do know that song, yeah. Yeah, her like her big song. Um someone who has has had a successful career as a musician pivoting to acting is usually kind of a vanity project. And uh, even like when I saw that, I was like, I could see how an artist of her um, stature could get that role just because of her own kind of celebrity um, and not because of her acting skills. And when she got the nomination, I was like, okay, maybe she can act. And uh, I'm, yeah. I'm very glad that she got the nomination to like, let people know that she can. Yeah. So, she was so, a- Pro. Something that surprised me about the nomination, I, I, I when it when it was announced, it is the singular nomination for this film for the Oscars. Yeah, and I was like, at you know, at first, Christopher, I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, that it only got one. Like, shouldn't it be in like you know all the the films? There's like five films yeah. that everything gets from. And then I was like, what am I? talking about that's what i always criticize the oscars for being like oh there's five films and we have to nominate everybody from all these categories right and i'm always like there should be more one-offs there should be more films like this or performances like this that you get one nomination from one film and then you know because that was the thing that's what i always criticize and then when it happened i was like oh that's kind of weird <laughs> well may- maybe <laughs> oh, my genuinely, true. <laughs> maybe you genuinely thought it deserved more that's fine too but I, I don't know though. <laughs> I will I will say this. I noticed that uh I'm I hope I'm saying this right. Is it Raphael Sadiq? Mm-hmm. Uh did a original song for it, which I did think I I think I heard during the film and I really liked it. And that was nominated for Golden Globe for Best Original Song, and it didn't get into the Oscars. And I'm kind of trying to check what the other song ones are because I was like, I, I would imagine that would be right for the Oscars. Yeah, so I'm looking at the uh, other nominees for Best Song, and as I expected, I've heard none of them, so I cannot judge. (laughs) (laughs) But does Diane Warren need to be nominated for a hundredth time for Best Original Song? True. Every time she writes a song for a movie, she's up there. I was like, that's fine. But it's better than just giving it to Elton John again. So, Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, uh, Raphael Sadiq's song was really good. But I can see some other performances getting in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, there, there's some great, they're all great performances. But I yeah. do get why this could be the singular thing. It's a good movie. The movie itself, I think, is really good and is, if in a, when they traditionally have like 10 nominees for Best Picture, I could, I wouldn't bat an eye at this being nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Um, performances aside, what did you think of it as a movie? What, what worked and, and really stood out and came through with you? This is one of those movies. I mean, it's, it's a, not a rare combination. I, uh, that's probably an exaggeration, but when it's, it's like traditional Oscar bait, but it's also really high quality. I mean, really good to me. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of like, like Andre Day's nomination. I was like, this is a very, Oscar nomination. You're like you're doing a yeah. biopic about a person. You're going through their entire life. You know, they 
have highs and lows. It is a lot on one person. It was, it was very much an, an Oscar bait performance. So I, I, I get that. Is Andre Day, is she American? Uh, she didn't have an accent when I talked to okay. her, I believe so. so. Okay, most likely then. Because um, that's one of the things when it's like you're not from the country that you're performing, the per, you know, that the person you're performing yeah. is from. That's always that's like true. an extra point. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I would say that um, it's overall, it's a really solid film. There's, it's traditionally told when you do a biopic, there's nothing wildly innovative about it except for her performance. I think her performance was um, bold and subtle, like subtle when it needed to be, bold when it needed to be. Her, it's not an impression, it was like an embodiment. Um uh, mm. It was incredibly emotional and also incredibly styled. So, also, she uh, looks just like her. Does I mean, she? I didn't th- see when I looked up a picture of Billie Holiday. I didn't think she looked like her face didn't look like her to me. It did to me. Maybe it's just like the out al- the like two Billie Holiday albums yeah. I have. I was oh, like, okay. oh, that's it. But also the, I mean, the outfits. Maybe costumes should have been the nomination because the co- the True. outfits were. Unbelievable. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna stick by that. That <laughs> that was kind of unbelievable. You know what? I'm right about this opinion that I just formed. I, yes. I really want to. Really Double wanna, down. I want to find a way <laughs> to put a crack into your theory. Like, oh, but what about the what about uh, the costumes? Ah, uh-huh, yes, um, got me. But yeah, uh, I, I think it's it's great to be innovative and it's great to do something a little differently or add some style and. But when you're telling a story like this, that is all about the care that person and this incredibly important story, sometimes just straight ahead is the way to go. I'm not saying there weren't nice little touches and little and nice photography, but it was it was more serving the story, and that seemed appropriate. So yeah, I think it was very solid, but nothing, yeah, nothing groundbreaking as far as filmmaking goes. I agree. All right. Well, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> um but i mean again i don't think that that is always a problem i mean i think sometimes you need to tell this story in a way that people are going to absorb it and maybe you got to cut down on all the bells and whistles and flash just so you people can really absorb it and honestly this movie was all about the emotion and and about the how it affected them and you know getting across the importance of this story and what happened historically. So I think it did it exactly how it should have. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it is also like in line with a ton of other movies that are being made right now, uh, especially like in this year at this time, what movie was, were we talking about where you were like, it was the right, it's the right movie for the time. Uh, And that could be literally one of, like a hundred <laughs> in the yeah. last three or four years. But, I, but you're I, right. Yeah. I, I remember you saying something so dazzling. Oh, it was wow. Let, just then let's, so, let's look into it. It was so memorable for me. I was like, oh, Christopher, <laughs> what a what a clear-eyed critique and analysis yeah. of this. Um, maybe it was something like Small Axe or Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, a kind of like a bunch of movies like this that yeah. are analyzing moments that have happened in history and telling them in a more full way than we had learned or heard of before. Exactly. I like going going into this like 
I knew uh, Billie Holiday. I knew that she had like a, I knew that her like cabaret license was like on and off. I knew that she like had problems with, um, with the law. And I, I think like, I just thought of that as being kind of like a, you know, musicians will, you know, do what they want. And it was kind of roguish, you know? Yeah. And I, 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 I didn't understand that this was the, this was what happened. And I was really, I'm glad that this movie put it out there and portrayed like that. This is why she had these issues. Yeah. And this is like what was going on to like fill in those details for me. I had, uh, I had a vague, uh, memory of having heard about this part of her life. But right before the film started, my girlfriend told me all the details of it. Uh, <laughs> She like she, I don't even think she knew a hundred percent what the movie was going to be about specifically, but she goes, "Oh, did you know?" And then listed every detail that I was about to learn in the movie. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, turns out I did know all that two seconds before I started." It. <laughs> she also informed me of something that I thought was interesting: is the character of Miss Freddie, who was her like costume designer or co- you know her her stylist, I guess. Yeah. As played by Miss Lawrence, who is uh, someone who was on, I guess, one of the Real Housewives seasons. Yeah. Who is an actual stylist. And it's so, it was, she kept saying, he's so good. He's so good. <laughs> Cause she watches those. And this is, I'm only bringing this up. I'm bringing this up for two reasons. One, because uh, apparently stylist turns actor and he was great. Like, yeah. The performance yeah, was, he was so good, and uh, I will. But I will say that uh, it brought up a, t- a touchy point in our relationship, which is that I hate reality TV so much yeah. that I I refuse to be in the room when she's watching it. Yeah, and I've, I've gotten to the point. I just just out of just pe- pe- uh, being petty. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about it. Like she keeps telling me facts about the people on the show. And I was like, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. Out. I don't want to know it exists. I don't want to talk about right. it. It makes me so mad. And then she brought this up and it was like, this is straddling the line. Cause it's about the movie. True. But you keep True. bringing up that he's on. Yeah. Wow. Christopher, you might have to, um, I don't know. Listen to your girlfriend. Tough. Yeah. Tough. Oh yeah. Tough to do. I love doing it. That's the only thing I don't <laughs> like listening to. But everything else she says is magic. Uh, Kenny, please uh, edit all this in. <laughs> and if you could give me a cut of it that's just this, and I can send it to her, that would be great. Let's talk about the best character in this film. Sure. Um, Reginald Lord Divine, played by Leslie Jordan. You know what? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> because... <laughs> I believe he's the first person you see in the movie. Yes, he is. And me and Nicole both said, oh, yes. (laughs) We saw him. We both got very excited. And his hair steals the show. Yes. Everything about him. And I was like, this movie is so like steeped in fact and historical like accuracies that I was like, I need to find out who Reginald Lord Divine <laughs> oh, is, did you? and I need to like go into the back catalog and I need to like put this person on like my collage of people that I look up to, and yeah. I need to, <laughs> I need to look into it, and I did, and um, it's just a character. Oh, it is, is it really? Yeah, he is not a historical person, oh, but okay. what a. What a beautiful character to create. 
Oh my gosh. It's played by Leslie Jordan, who, if you are unfamiliar with his Instagram feed, please so good. get familiar with it because he's yeah. so great. But yeah, the character was actually perfect because it's it kind of brings you in with this kind of uh, eccentric, fun, whimsical little character. But then you also are angry at him because he's asking all these awful questions that really holiday and trying to be really flippant about these big issues. So he does a great job because it's like you want to love him, but you kind of are mad at him too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Leslie Jordan. God bless. Okay. United States versus Billy holiday. Yeah. I really liked it. Lee Daniels did it. Who hasn't, I feel like hasn't done a movie in a while. I looked up the stuff that he had done. Since the butler, yeah, or the paper boy, I think maybe I don't know. Which was tw- no, that was twenty twelve, and the butler's twenty thirteen. But yeah, it's been quite a while. But it was it was really solid. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for our favorite segment? Yeah, I have a lot to talk about actually. Whoa! And I, but I think I'll let you go first because last time I you couldn't get a word in edgewise, and I felt bad about it. Sometimes I'm like, Christopher, you don't have to talk about everything we watched. No, I know. I just got very excited about the thing that I watched. And like a little boy, like an innocent little boy, which is always me, and it's never ego. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, mine is controversial, though. I'm a, I'm a little worried to talk about mine. Oh, that's good, because mine's not. And so we'll end on a palate cleanser. Do you want to go okay. first or you want me to go first? Doesn't matter. Uh, I'll go first and get out of the way. All right, sounds good. Oh, boy. Boy, here we go. I watched Tenet. Oh. Is it controversial because you liked it a lot? No. (laughs) (laughs) Then I don't think it's controversial. (laughs) Well, so Tenet by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I have seen Christopher Nolan films, and I have liked them. Sure. Um, Inception, good. Um, I own it. It is a good movie. And uh, I I went in being like, I don't think that I'm going to like this. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of positive things from people who um, I like and respect. And I was like, I think that I am going to not want to admit how much I like this movie. Yeah. And I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. I uh, had a really rough time with Tenet. It was, it was Christopher Nolan like doing Inception and being like, I need to go further. Uh, like, yeah. how can I, how can I outdo myself? And how can I be intentionally complicated? Uh, dude, I read, yeah. I, I started reading, I was like, who likes this movie? And I read some um, reviews. And let me just find this. Let me find the first review on IMDb. Oh, boy. The people that you said liked, that you like and respect, that enjoyed the movie, do you still like and respect them? (laughs) I do, yes. All right, all right. Um, Takes a little bit more. Okay, this is the oh my god! This is the first review on IMDb. It's an eight out of ten. Eight okay. out of ten, very gotcha. high. That's high. The title of it is necessary to watch twice, preferably with subtitles. 
<laughs> eight out of ten stars. Okay. And it's just, let's listen to this review. It's somewhat ironic that a movie about time travel can't be reviewed properly until your future self rewatches the movie. I hate this person already. Which is supposed to be like a little cute tie-in to like some of the themes of the movie. Um. Oh my God. What was? Oh, I was just out reading this review out loud. Um, with the person I was watching with and just, boy, just having a very good time. But it's like, and so many of these reviews are saying were premised on the fact that they would give it the score that they gave it given the next time that they would watch it and having a feeling they would understand it then without having watched it the second time first. These are like first reviews saying that you should watch it twice based on what they think that they would think the second oh, yeah, time yeah. that they watch it. Hold on, hold on. They're saying, you, I will I will like this more when I watch it the second time, though I, I have not watched it a second time, but yes. here's what I will give it probably. That was like the first five reviews that I saw of it. <laughs> oh, no, it was like These so are people many- <laughs> who so wanted to like it and were that so was- upset that they didn't. And then they're hoping it. it'll change. <laughs> that was it. And that is like that is like a lot of what the movie felt like. It was just so stiff and the lines were undeliverable. It was just trying. It would like take you to a point and then walk it back and then take you to a point and walk it backward. Take you to a point and walk it backward. And it felt like it was trying so hard like every single single line was trying to like reveal or unravel some complicated thing that was happening when it's like in the end, uh, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And like, kind of like all this stuff is, is pointless. And uh, if you sure, like, I feel like I, I like understood a bunch of it, uh, like on a theoretical matter. And I don't think that that made the movie any better for me. It, yeah. it was, just so trying so needlessly hard to involve like theoretical and philosophical theory in it in a way that like beats you over the face with being like, this is complicated. And if you can keep up with the grandfather's paradox, then you're going to understand this. Who and I can't? felt, and, I, and, and I, I felt like, um, I felt like Palm Springs did this movie way better. Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> that- <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh he's gonna hear this uh because he listens and he's gonna go, he's gonna be just he won't be able to go to sleep at night. <laughs> Palm Springs was a movie that involved like existentialism and uh philosophical theory in a way that was like fun and made me want to watch it a second time just yeah. on its own because I enjoyed it so much and not because I felt like the director was trying to get me to watch a second time because he was trying to like reveal something. Um, you know, theoretical that I didn't understand. The what first if it's time. just a cash grab? He's just like, I'm going to make it so implausible this movie that people are going to have to pay again to watch it. That's kind of what it felt like, man. Yeah. I mean, I would not be surprised. Also, it just like felt like the way that a kid would make a movie. He was just like, let's take a plane and crash it into a building. Yeah. And also, there's like all these reverse scenes where he had like the actors. They didn't like reverse the footage. Like the action was happening in reverse, and he had them like he had them like run backwards. <laughs> yeah. That always works well. Which is like, so funny when they it do just, that. It just felt like a thing to have people say, Oh, and he, he had the actors run backwards. Isn't that impressive? Yeah. No, that always looks bad and weird. It did. I um, was like, I want to see that run 
in forward yeah. and see how weird it would look for them to like <laughs> do the action. Here's and I've said this before, and I really want this to be a rule. When you get a certain amount of acclaim and then you start getting more <laughs> you and, have said this before. Yeah, yes. I always want to say this. And you get more and more resources to make bigger and bigger things, you inevitably lose your touch. Like you just rely on your resources and you don't really think much about movie making. So I genuinely believe that once you hit a certain budget of a film, the next film you do should go back to the first budget you had as a filmmaker. And then you start over again. Tenet was like a bit of that, but it was also like he was, he was thinking way too much. Well, that's what I mean. It's not just that. Like relying on what he should and feel like he was doing, but also, you know, felt like he was just trying to confuse people and outthink the room. I will say it's more than just the budget. Like the fact that you have that notoriety and that budget and it gets into your head and you start the stuff you make, even conceptually, becomes either pretentious or bigger than you're capable of or stuff that no one wants. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm good. And, and you feel this sense of importance that, ah, what I'm going to do is going to be really important. And man, you just need to be taken down a notch. And I guarantee those filmmakers are going to make some of the best films of their lives when they have to be humbled a little bit and like mm-hmm. ask people for financing or, or th- think around a problem rather than like, Oh, throw money at it. Or, think what what are people going to actually not it's not like giving the people what they want it's like what what am i really what do i really want to do yeah i mean what can i do i i think you're i think you're you know hitting the nail on the head there i think it's a great experiment that'll never happen but yeah i just felt like he was imprisoned by inception you know and just felt like i like he needed to take the next step and he took it you know off a cliff well, it's interesting that you Sorry. brought that one up because, yeah. uh, and I think you're going to be slightly upset about this. The oh, film, the film that I watched yesterday, was Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> and let me explain. <laughs> let me explain to the listeners why Justin's upset right now. It's because he said to me he in a text, he goes, "What if we do Justice League for the next show?" Everyone's and, talking about it. It'll be fun. Yeah, and my response was, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yes, it was. Do not even tell me that you liked it. I because fought if you against liked it, it. I'm going to be so much more upset. I fought, I, against, I fought it, and I was like, now let's do something else. And then I just, what happened was I was up real early, and I was like, well, I'll just put, I'll just, and I, oh, also I heard about it on another podcast, the sad situation around Zack Snyder and his, like, his death of his child and everything. I was like, oh, that's yeah, so sad. this is why and, I wanted yeah. to do it, Christopher, because I was listening to things about it, too. Uh, this is how I enact my revenge film against you. Yeah. Well, uh, I flipped it on you. Good. Uh, try again. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to say I liked it. Here's what I will say. It was definitely better than the original. Dude, that was all of everything that I saw on this was just comparing it to the other one. (laughs) Being like, no, you have to watch six hours of film to compare them to each other. Well, here's the thing. I'd already seen the original and I was like, it's very forgettable. And I can prove that by the fact that when I watched this one, I was like, did that happen? (laughs) I don't even remember most of it. There's a few moments in it. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that happening. But it's so long. But here's what I've always said about long movies. It's the longest movies are fine. It's fine. If you have a long movie, as long as it goes at a clip, 
Like as long as it moves. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's usually like big budget Marvel movies or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Those movies, they can be long because you're constantly engaged in this world and it's like yeah. pops and whistles everywhere. So it's like, yeah. it goes by quick. Yeah. I did. I, for the most part, I found this to be the same thing. Like I am shocked that I just watched for it. I didn't watch it straight through. Obviously <laughs> I'm at home. Nobody watches a 70 minute movie straight through these days, <laughs> but I watched like the first two hours in the morning. And then later in the evening, I watched the rest. Uh, but, um, there was a lot of good, uh, good stuff done and it was absolutely unnecessary that it was four hours. There the first 30 minutes is pure somber. Actually, most of the film is somber. And when I, I think of slow-mo, there's, yeah, well, yeah. Cause there's like the flash and you have to do that. But, um, I would say when the, the, the last word I think of when I think of a superhero movie is somber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark, yeah. Dark, gritty. Yeah. That's you can do that, I guess. Uh, but somber is just so such a weird fit for a film, especially with such ridiculous characters. Like, I understand making darker versions of certain properties in these worlds. Mm-hmm. Bat Batman, a hundred percent. He that's his whole thing, dark and gritty. But mm-hmm. like I don't know, Aquaman making him like a real man's man like uh badass is a good choice but it's also like that's not what that is i would say i mean the worst thing they ever did is they made the fantastic four they made a gritty version of the fantastic four which is one of the (laughs) silliest groups of superheroes in the world and that was hilarious i'm glad it happened because it's so funny so so did you like this movie or what yeah that's a great question. I cannot believe you watched it after you so resoundingly shut me down when I tried to get you to watch it. You know what? Uh, humans are a fickle, f- a fickle group of people, and I am one of them. Uh, one day, you ch- check with me the next day. <laughs> so it's like, absolutely not one day. Maybe literally the next day. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out. I don't want to do it knowing I have <laughs> to be do fun. it. It'll be fun. It'll be that's exactly what it is. It's just because yeah. I suggested it. Not just you know, it's you. like when your mom is like, Oh, well, you yeah. should do this, and you're like, Oh, I know that I should, but I shouldn't. And no. am I your mom? If my mom would have said watch it, I'd say yes, ma'am. Oh god. Uh, I will say if anyone would have said you you have to do this in two days, I'd be like, Absolutely we gotta change it. No, no, no. I can't be forced into three watching days. three days. <laughs> I can't be forced into watching a four hour movie that I've kind of already seen most of, mm-hmm. but if I can do it casually at my mm-hmm. own pace, mm-hmm. I sound like a younger Cross man. That's a younger generation attitude. I'm really vibrant. <laughs> you just complimenting yourself. <laughs> yeah. While at the same time, insulting a whole generation of younger people <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and older people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real win-win yeah a lot of people can't make that move and i just did <laughs> what probably... else did you watch you said you had more stuff oh yeah what else did i watch um i watched a really fun documentary called the last blockbuster about the last blockbuster store in the country oh that that looks good that it's, like a lot of it's very about. entertaining and it i have a strong uh being of the himn i have very very strong uh nostalgia for video stores so that was yeah. a perfect watch. Was the crux of it just these things were great? We 
you know, was it just pure nostalgia and people being like, there's a lot of that. And they talk to a lot of celebrities about their experiences growing up with it. And Kevin Smith is in it a lot. Doug Benson's in it. Um, But it's also surrounding this family. It's like a family owned blockbuster uh, franchise in uh oh i forgot what state it's in alaska uh, there were several the last four in the were in the country uh three of them were in alaska right but those closed before this one i think indiana or somewhere like some western place i believe um and it was a really sweet family that they all like their kids all worked there and like it was a very community based store so it's almost like a mom and pop but it's just a franchise of a bigger yeah. Corporation. Um, it was really entertaining. It was very sweet. The people were very sweet. And it did, I mean, it did exactly what it wanted, which is to like remember Blockbuster. And they talk about like they even talk about like, remember when the sound of the box when it closed? And I was like, Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really nice. Well, yeah, if you that. if you want that experience, there is four star video heaven in Madison that still exists and is one of the greatest video rental places of all time. It's like a blockbuster, but more focused on drama and foreign film. It is at a wonderful, wonderful institution. Is that downtown? Is that like in the middle of <laughs> down State Street? Yeah. It's just off State Street. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I passed there the first time I went to Madison. I passed there and I looked just outside a little bit and I peeked in. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's one. It reminded me of the first video store I ever went to in the city because I lived outside of St. Louis and I went into the city, and that's where they uh, had yeah. them like divided by director or genre, b- yeah, beyond just comedy and drama. And then that's when I first started going, oh, I can really dig into like yeah. all these different cool things. So yeah, those are. I mean, those are so helpful. I do miss going in and just browsing. Oh my god, Four Star was like a hang. <clears throat> Dan yeah. Savage used to work there. Back oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's so funny. And I I used to have a, I had like a membership. It was like when, you know, Netflix was still like sending, sending DVDs. And oh, yeah. they were like competing with them. And uh, oh, man, going into there and talking to the guys and seeing whatever they had like flipped out, yeah. going yeah. through the foreign section and just like seeing all the, all the things. All the opportunities that I mean, that was yeah. I, I will mean, see. Talk nostalgic about yeah. video rental places forever. The more I think about it, the more I realize that that was such a better way to be introduced to films than Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Because everybody I know goes through Netflix, Hulu, whatever streaming service, even the better ones, and just says, "Yeah, I don't know this, this, this." Most of it is garbage, and you have to pick through to find anything decent that you mm-hmm. haven't already seen. And also they present you with the same 10 options yeah. in every single category. It's like Netflix right. is like every single category is the same 10 movies. Yeah. And it's like, God, is it? Yeah, they're, they're pushing specific stuff. They have an agenda and you're not going to discover these like really quirky, interesting movies or even like even bigger movies that they just has faded from their like front line. So I, I just remember how many things I discovered just by looking at box covers. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of sad. I genuinely think it kind of whittles away at our our options, even though it yeah. seems seems like we have millions of options. But yeah, I remember at Four Star they had a a poster of all Stanley Kubrick's films. Oh yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. And uh, it was like over the course of a month, I just I would like look at that poster and I would rent the next one that I hadn't seen, and they had them all. 
And yeah. I was like, I just watched all the Stanley Kubrick movies in a month because yeah. they had a poster that had all of his movies on it. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. 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 Video stores are a cool idea. I hope they, and they, they kind of posited this in the movie. I hope they come back like record stores did. Yeah. I, I mean, I could, like, I could see that. Yeah. But I could too. But the technology more difficult. I guess so. The technology just has to stick around. Like b- turntables have stuck around. But for records, you own them. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You know, you don't, you don't rent them from the record store. Like you have them and they're in your collection. They're there permanently. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's what the library is for. That's what the library is for. Except you can, I mean, yeah. you can browse on the library. They have DVDs you can browse, but it's not like the big collection. It's like, mm. I don't know. Actually, that's library. not true. Great downtown, collection. Yeah. Downtown library has a whole room. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's the new, that's the new video rental place. You gotta go to the library. Okay. All right. Welcome, everyone. We're starting the podcast now. <laughs> okay, next week we are talking about Godzilla versus <laughs> King Kong, the episode I've been waiting for for three freaking months. I cannot wait. I'm going to watch it the day it comes out. I'm going to watch it again before we film i'm gonna try to watch uh godzilla 2000 in there and that king kong one with jack black or maybe a couple others i don't know i'm super excited for beast week yeah and i'm gonna skim it and uh while we're doing the podcast i'm gonna skim it and (laughs) my level of excitement is a counterbalance to justin's fine that's fine i'm okay i'll tell you what i liked king kong skull island surprisingly i really like that we'll get into it in the podcast christopher this is the podcast justin oh okay oh you mean the next one yeah yeah that's fine because was like here's my one opinion about yeah just can he just off. copy this and put this in next week and then i don't have to show up <laughs> <laughs> just every time he says something go i like skull island <laughs> I don't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just on a tear. Yeah. It's like better that you're like not even there for me to just go yeah. off. Christopher didn't say goodbye at the end, but he did say, <laughs> he just kept saying how much he loves Skull Island. It was a real stylized performance from him this week. <laughs> okay. That's it. This is Cinnabon Cinnabuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Huzzah! You got your work cut out for you. Handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Beep, 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 beep. Theme song from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. The Newsk. We get help from Associated Bank. Thank you for your help. Thank you to our members from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, Milwaukee Film. You're the best. And this would not be possible without the clear-eyed vision and uncompromising nature of the one and only Christopher Pollard. <laughs> oh, Justin, stop it. I did don't don't think I didn't hear uncompromising nature. <laughs> don't think you slipped that past me. I would like to thank somebody too. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh okay. no, I, no, I forgot it. Never mind. We can go. <laughs> I lost it. I lost it. Wow. Almost got it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe one day. One would day. Nice. One day would be fun. Well, you know? we'll yeah, see. Could be, could be a little exciting. Okay. For the thousandth episode. <laughs> Have we done? I think we're close. We're close. We're honing in. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.